We are speaking with the one and only John Karabi. He's got a new song out called Casi Bella. So beautiful. Uh, the video, the music is available now. Sounds great. And uh, as we say here in Montreal, le bonjour, John. Or Jean. How, uh, <laughs> John. Since, since we're in Montreal, <laughs> bonjour, Jean. Uh, oh, how are you? I'm good, dude. I'm just, uh, <laughs> you know, sitting here at my house doing interviews and, um, you know, new day new way trying to figure out my little you know slice of the pie here in the in the age, new world in the age of digital world <laughs> and right. um you know keep my fingers crossed and and rolling the dice yeah. i, I want to before i get into this i want to ask you one question because every interview you've given since 1994 some dude asks you about motley crew how incredibly over it <laughs> are you about answering questions about that band or annoyed when anybody asks you like um no, you know what honestly um <laughs> you just sort of roll your eyes and go really come on no it's it you know it, it the only time it really bugs me is when most of the interview is about motley crew right yeah, yeah um you know and and but at the end of the day like it, it's part of my history um <laughs> you know a lot of people ask me one of the other questions, you know, everybody says, well, you know, why have you been in so many bands? And it's like, I, I didn't really plan it that way. It just kind of worked out that way. Right. Uh, Hold on a second. I got to scratch off my second question. How many bands? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How many bands have you been in? <laughs> you know, but it, 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 it's just, I'm proud of everything that I've done. It's okay. just the cards that I was dealt. So yeah. I don't mind talking about Motley Crue. It's just, you know, when you start just like when it starts getting to be more Motley than, than right, the entire focus. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And it's and it's weird. I just I said it the other day. I've been doing interviews for the last couple of days. To me, I, I liken I liken life as a car. You know what I mean? And it's like you're you're trying to move forward. You're going forward. And if you're driving the car, but looking in the rearview mirror, you're mm -hmm. going to hit something. Right. So the best thing is to just look through the window, move forward and do whatever. But I don't mind anything that I've done. Daisies, yeah. Union, Scream, whatever. But it's it almost like Motley Crue is like the cops in that rear view mirror. You're constantly having to look back. Like, oh, shit, there they are. <laughs> yeah, they're still there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, talking about Motley Crue, I mean, like, I have a couple <laughs> of things that I want to ask you about it. But anyways, I want to talk about this new song because it's yeah. awesome. Who is the band that's playing on this track, by the way? To be honest with you, um, due to the schedules of all the guys in my band, um, you know, when I recorded this, for, let me back up. When mm -hmm. I first wrote this song or kind of had it, an idea of it in my head, I was getting together with Marty, um, who produced a few things for the Dead Daisies. Right. And mm -hmm. I told Marty, I had the idea and I took it into Marty. I had a little bit of a different course and Marty does what he does and he, he helped tweak it. And and I actually threw the song out there for when we did the Burn It Down record. Um, and the Daisies were like, ah, it's a little out of our wheelhouse. I don't know where you're going with this, but mm -hmm. a little out of our wheelhouse. So I just kind of put it to bed for a while. And then, um, you know, after I left the Daisies, 2019, I was busier than shit. And mm -hmm. So I was out doing acoustic shows. 2020 came along. I talked to Marty. I said, dude, let's do a solo record. Um, and he was like, all right, I'll produce it. 
you know. So I started showing them all these ideas. We recorded a, quite a few things, actually. And then COVID hit. Um, then I started panicking. And I'm like, shit. No, that's when I realized, like, more than 90% of my income comes from shows playing live. Because let's yeah. face it, not a lot of guys are making money on royalties and record sales and shit anymore. Nobody. So I kind of freaked out and I was upset with myself because I've done, you know, if you total all the records I've done, it's like 13 or 14 records. Hmm. I'm sitting there going, man, why, why did I never sit behind the, the board and learn how all this shit works? Mm -hmm. So I took pro tools classes, did that. Um, also wrote the book. Um, but then what I did is I, I, I said, all right, I'm going to do a solo record, but no one was working with anybody. Everybody was under a rock somewhere. So I just started recording stuff here at my house. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, unfortunately, like Ian was out doing some spotty shows here and there with either Tantric or Rehab. Um, all the guys in my band were out with like Gene Simmons doing some stuff with Ace Freely, you know. So mm -hmm. I just started laying everything down myself. Um, I finished the song, I sent it to Marty and then he started listening to it. And we had talked about the inspiration for the song being Penny Lane by the Beatles or Killer Queen by Queen. Yeah. So then Marty had a little fun with it in the production sense. He was hearing the bass be a little bit more movement, like Paul McCartney, mm -hmm. um, a little more bounce in the drums. So his son, Evan, played drums. Marty played the bass. And then they just, they, he threw some trump, uh, like horns on it. And then he mixed it, mastered it, sent it back. So now that's what I've been doing. The whole, I've got probably almost a whole record done of stuff that I've recorded here. I And then I would just email the files to Marty. He yeah. fixes them, sends them back. So, uh, the, you know, they're really... On this track, even though my son and, and Topher and everybody are in the video, it's really just me, Marty, and Evan. Wow. So Ian's um, not even on the drums. It's, it's Evan. not on this one, but it's funny. I've got two songs up, two brand new ideas mm -hmm. that I'm going into the studio because um, I can do like uh, I can do like a MIDI drum track. Right. Program it just for the demo. Yeah, it's all on one. And it sounds great. I mean, the drum tones that I get are awesome, oh, but it, it's, everything is all on one track. Mm. Um, I want separation and I want Ian to play on some of this new stuff that I have. So I'm going to go my buddy D.A. Carcos, uh, who Mitch, you're you're familiar with. He did the Unplugged record with me. Mm -hmm. um, he's got a studio called Underdog. Um, so I'm going to go up there uh, this week and we've got the drums all set up. Ian's going to lay these two tracks down and then I'm going to bring the files home and start adding stuff to it and then give it to Marty. So Ian will be on the on the record. But it it, it was like that first one was just really me, Marty and Evan. Yeah, it's just crazy how, you know, you've gone from being in the studio to now it's like, oh, shit, I actually have to learn how to use Pro Tools or Logic and make demos at home. It's like now, now you're the engineer and the producer and the mixer. You're, you're doing everything on your own. It's like, well, it, you know, but it's really kind of come down to that, the way things are playing out anymore with the record industry. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, all these kids now, I'm just sitting there looking at these kids that are just, you know, YouTube channels and they're on Spotify and, and they're doing everything themselves. Um, you know, and I, and it wasn't laziness. It's just, I never thought I'm like, okay, I'm the artist, right? You're the engineer, you're mm -hmm. the producer. I don't tell you how to do your thing. You don't tell me how to do mine. And we work together. Right. But now, you know, so I would walk in and I would go, Hey, this, I check out this guitar riff. Can you give me that George Harrison rotary sound? Right. And they would do it. And mm -hmm. now I'm like, okay, I want a George Harrison rotary sound. How <laughs> do, do I do? do? <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm figuring it out. You're like, which plugin does that? <laughs> Yeah. And it's, it's and funny, it, by the way, with all these uh, do-it-yourselfers, even at the radio station, Jeremy, they, they hired a, a, a Twitch guy to be the, the, the new DJ. And it's just like, yeah, they hired a TikToker with like, you know, six months experience for like half the pay. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, he's got 100,000 followers on TikTok. Let's throw him on the air. <laughs> it, it's crazy. It's a new world. I'm not, I'm not used to it. Again, I'm a bit old school. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I'm figuring it out. Like, it, it, it's funny. Like, I'll record things at my house um i'm working on another song right now and and i i recorded it and i played it for marty and my manager and ian and even ian heard it he goes i really love this idea dad but fuck it's really long mm. <laughs> so then i went back i go shit i don't know how to edit the guitars because it's a wave file right yeah i'm like i don't know how to do that so i edited the drums and then I erased everything and started over again and re-recorded it. So Jeez, you're pulling some you're pulling some Mutt Lang stuff at your house over there. No, it's just no, it, and it's not because of Mutt Lang. It's just because I'm a dumbass, and I still haven't quite figured out the the thing like cut, cut, move that part yeah. with the other. You know, Mutt Karabi. This is fantastic. Yeah. You know, so now I'm just like, I redid all the guitars. And, Let me ask you. Two, two things on this. Are you writing songs just for yourself or do you want to see yourself as a songwriter and sending stuff out to, hey, Metallica, try this song for you or hey, you know, Miley Cyrus, try this song. Are you, are you a songwriter that's sending stuff out or is everything for John? No, I mean, I, I have. Right. Um, I, I can't remember the name of the band, but I, I had a track on um, this um, kid my manager turned me on to. Mm. Um, I can't remember the name of the band for the life of me, um, but they did a record and I had a co-write. I, I sat down and I wrote with the singer nice. and then um, hmm. I had one on the Rad album that yep. a song that I had co-written with Blotzer and then he wound up giving it to Rat. And, you know, so I, I, I mean, I don't mind. I would eventually at some point like to get into um, maybe producing other bands but more the producing is more about i think d uh developing song you know what i mean or developing mm -hmm. uh, maybe suggesting other things musically or oh that's a little long let's move this part over here and and then uh you know but i i, I want to learn how to do it all i would love to produce i would love to write with other artists um i haven't quite gotten there yet but mm -hmm. um that's the, that's why i love marty right yeah Marty, is, is, is the focus for you now to be John Karabi, the artist, or let's say Miley Cyrus phones and says, I need a guitar playing male voice in my band. Like, d are you at that point where you're like, nope, it's all about John now. I'm not joining any other band. It's all John. Or 
is it come down to opportunity? You know, Miley Cyrus calls, you go, yeah, okay. And the local band no, calls, you I go, don't even, I don't even now because I've actually had a few offers in the last year or so to, okay. to go work with another band. And I'm just like, man, I, I it's John time. It's well, it's, it, you know, it's, it's John time. It, and, but John time means John's just saying, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, or which is okay a lot of the time. I'm still writing. I'm still writing with Marty. I wrote a couple of ideas, great ideas. Like actually, I got to get to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote a couple of great ideas with Richard Fortas. Um, you know, Adam Richard's Hamilton. Cool. Um, quite a few things. So we yeah. love Adam Hamilton, by the way. We just want to put that out there. No, he's a great dude. I've I've known Adam since he played. Thank I didn't you. run with uh, Rat. And LA Guns was um, with Adam. They they opened the show or whatever. Yeah. And I met Adam and and he was awesome. Um, you know, so I, I just want to now, now it's it, now it's more or less like me going. I, I want to do this song now. I want to release this song now. Right. And you know, everybody gives me their advice, but at the end of the day, I'm like, no, I want to do this one now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like so. There's always a give and take when you're in a band, or even like I was saying with this song Costabella. Um, right. I, I, the way I was hearing it, it's you know, just a 70s classic rock song, maybe in the turn, like something in the vein of Penny Lane by the Beatles or Killer Queen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it would be cool for the Daisies, but they didn't, they were like, no. So I went, okay, no worries. So there's always that give and take, you're kind of in. You're working in the confines when you're in a band of right. Here's well, what. Yeah. We By the way, it's do. strange because the Daisies do, do that sort of '70s '80s rock thing. It, it sounds <coughs> like it would have been perfect, quite frankly. Well, but, it, it, in their defense, they heard it in a very, very rough different form. form. Gotcha. Just me on acoustic yeah. guitar singing with Marty. Gotcha. And um, dogs like, I can, what is this? <laughs> yeah, they they might not have gotten the idea. And it's yeah. funny because I keep hearing different. Like I, I played it for somebody. I did an interview the other day, and the guy goes, oh, "I'm totally hearing Killer Queen and Saturday in the Park by Chicago," and I'm like, "Okay, okay, well, wow. okay, but that's cool. I love that song too." Yeah. <clears throat> and then I had another guy go, "Yeah, it's like it's like Killer Queen, but with like Thin Lizzy guitar tones and Dan, Whoa. like Dan McCaffrey from Nazareth, Nazareth. singing," and yeah. I'm like. I, you know, so everybody hears their own thing. You yeah, know? especially it's those like cool. the, the guitar harmonies. You know, it's very <laughs> thin, Lizzy kind of like harmonies, which is kind of cool. Well, I got to say, it sounds like Union meets uh, the Dead Daisies to me. That's 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 what it's sounding like to me. Well, it almost sounds like John Karabi <laughs> singing though, which is weird. I know, which no. is not what I was going for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's uh, talking about it's... writing and stuff, John. I'm I'm really curious because you, you know you you talked about collaborating with all these guys, and it's like you're the first person I'm actually going to get to talk to that's you know written with Nikki Six for example what's the writing process like with Nikki Six compared to everybody else that you've worked with the same yeah you know like I like well even with Nikki it, it wasn't just Nikki mm-hmm. um regardless of who it was it might have been Mick or Tommy I mean Tommy wrote a couple riffs on the 94 record um, smoke the sky and and that little Uncle Jack that was Tommy and wow. we, so we would come into the studio with uh, a riff mm-hmm. and 
And then everybody would listen to that riff and go, oh, that's cool. What is that? Oh, I was just kind of dicking around on my guitar last night and I came up with this. I put it down on, on this little recorder. And then all four of us would develop the thing. I call them maps. We would kind of map out the song, the, the, the arrangement. Yeah. And while we're, map, while we're doing that part, I'm scatting a melody. Mm-hmm. And then once we had that, uh, you know, we would record everything and then Nikki and I would go away and we would sit down and we would play with that melody and the lyrics mm-hmm. and we would write the lyrics and then go in and record it and wow. take it from there. That's a bit of a revelation to me that Tommy Lee would come in with a guitar riff. No, Tommy actually, you know, Tommy is truly one of the most musical people I've ever met. I mean, the guy plays piano. Mm-hmm. He plays guitar. He's not, you know, Eddie Van Halen, but Tommy knows what he wants to hear. And, and, and he's, he's good enough to put his ideas down. So when mm-hmm. he did, uh, he did, um, if you notice both songs, Uncle Jack and Smoke the Sky are what we call a detuning. Right. So yeah. it's the E string. So Tommy would lower the E string so he could just bar the, thing with one finger right but the chords go you know what i mean um and then we would uh you know we would go from there but um you know it was it was it was really a group effort and it's the same thing like casibella i brought casibella in i had i literally sit here all the time usually on acoustic guitar and i had the idea and i threw it on my phone and I took it to Marty, but like I said, it had a little bit of a different chorus. Right. And I was singing something like when I say singing, I, I it's called scatting. I just like, bah, 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 you know, get the, and get the melody line down, get the melody line, kind of formulate something. Right. So when Marty heard it, he goes, how are you hearing this? Like he was a little, wait, what? Like thrown off. A little bit like where are you going with this and so i started to explain it to him just the chord things i go man i want to do something really musical put some pianos on it and mm. and i'm think, and i was saying penny lane killer queen mm-hmm. okay so then what he did was my melody he liked it but he goes make it a little wordier like and i was like what you know so then he started singing like uh, uh, he was scatting to me like um, it was an ACDC song. Uh, you shook me all night long. Right. He was a fast machine. She kept a motor clean. She was. It was like it was like this fucking thing of, of lyrics. Boom, 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 boom. And then he goes and then pull the chorus back where usually you do the opposite. Yeah. Pull the chorus back. Keep it real simple. And I was like, okay, boom. So we laid it down on, we laid the new scat on with the chords mm. um, and saved it. Okay. So then I brought it to the daisies because I knew like the daisies usually have their input in a song as well. So I played them the really rough idea and they, they were like, ah, I'm not really getting where you're going with this. So I put it yeah. to bed and then I relooked at it. I pulled it out. I recorded it. I wrote some lyrics for it. I sang it. I sent it back to Marty. He went, yes, I got it now. It sounds nice. awesome. 
So, so what's going to be happening? Is it, is this going to be like a full record? Are you going to do an EP or just going to do the singles route? No, I'm not. I'm I'm going to do. I mean, it, it's it's weird because I don't. I I haven't quite figured out this whole thing yet. Right. Um, oh. I don't want to sit here until I figure it out. So I've been looking at everything, and and it, and again, Marty. Mar- Marty was kind of the catalyst for this whole thing. He said, why are you doing a record? Um, have you thought of the John five model? John five does this brilliantly. He puts out, he has the song of the month, right? And right. he puts out a song on whatever the first of every month for 10 months. And then at the end of it, he makes a limited edition CD and he sells you the 10 songs. But for the next 10 months, you get a song on the first. And as a fan, you go, got something to look forward to. And if you noticed in the media, whether it's your blabbermouth or your brave words or whatever, every month, John five has a new album. So he's being talked about for an entire year. Yeah. It's genius. And, it's genius. and, and, and there was, that was the thing that Marty was talking about. Marty said, look, let, let's look at the grand scheme of things. He goes, you know, those days of getting a big record advance and going into the studio mm-hmm. and hiring, you know, the Mutt Langs and the Bob Ross and all, he goes, hey, it's gone. Yeah. And he goes, what these young kids are doing now is like, they're just doing, they're, they're going for streams. Uh, they're doing digital sales. Yeah. So, you know, I looked at his, what he was saying. And then he said, really, he goes, go back now and think in the last 10 years, even the mom and pop stores are few and far between. Yeah. So your places like Tower Records, Sam Goody, Warehouse Music, like gone. Best Buy, uh, Kmart, Walmart, they only Target. sell in stores. They only sell the top 20 records on Billboard, period. Mm-hmm. And if it's if none of them are rock, then there's no rock in those stores. So Marty said the same thing. He goes, do a song once a month or once every two months. Do a video, put it out there. Even if you did it every two months, like John Five's doing one a month. He goes, even if you did it every two months, you're getting all that stuff again. Everybody's talking about you every, you know, push the song, promote it do all this stuff. And then once you get four, five, six songs out there, drop an album with the whole thing, 10 or 12 songs, Mm -hmm. put them out there. And he goes, and now the other thing is, so there's really nowhere to sell them. You're basically selling them on Amazon, Mm -hmm. your online store, your own store, Mm -hmm. or you're selling them at shows, which is what I've been doing the last 10 years or Right. 12 years. Yeah. So I'm like, well, what the fuck? You know, I'm so yeah. I think I'm just kind of done with record labels and record contracts and all mm-hmm. that shit. I'm just going to do the fucking things myself and, you know, and hopefully build, just build from from yeah. this and, is the launching pad. And you can yeah. monetize. I mean, if you get a million streams on YouTube, they are going to send you some decent cash. So it's, from your mouth to God's ears, buddy. Yeah. 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 Yeah, They pay us for this thing. So why not? Here we are. Here we are. Um, In in terms of um, looking back, there's always been talk about uh, union and more union and doing some more stuff with Bruce. Where are you on on that? Do do you want to revisit that? Do you want to, 
you know, you've done the Live 94 and the John Karabi Unplugged. Do you want to do something else with sort of that? Or are you just really about moving forward at this point? Um, you know, again, Bruce and I talked about this a few years ago, and I think you and I touched base yeah. on this on one of our last interviews. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not against going like Bruce. Bruce and I talked and, and, and he said he wanted to, you know, well, I think we should do a record. And I go, well, I think you're putting the cart before the horse. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what we need to do is if we're going to go out, maybe do a few weeks for, worth of shows a month tops, let's rehearse. Let's go out and see, first of all, what kind of fucking reaction we would get. Right. What's we the don't demand? know. It's yeah. been 21 years since we've played together. You know, I mean, there's a, there's a few fans out there that know us and like us, but, um, as far as doing a record, man, it's like, I just kind of feel, I mean, and if you look at it, even Kiss, Aerosmith, mm-hmm. those guys, you go, Hey, when are you guys going to do another record? They're not and they're like, no. why? Right. Why? So I actually think I would like to see you work with Bruce, but I don't necessarily want to see you redo Union. I, I want to see what you and Bruce would do in 2021 or 2022 and come up with a new concept. I think you're right. Vi- revisiting something from 20 years ago doesn't make much sense, but you've got a talented guitarist and a talented singer. What could you do in 20, whether you call it Karabi Kulik or whether you call it Union, whatever you call Mm-hmm. I'd like to see where you move forward. Again, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be against going out and doing some shows because I think there are fans that, again, Union, like Motley, like the Scream. Right. It was like when it was happening, nobody really knew what it was, and for some weird reason, I, I just, I have this mo where it's like I do these records, and then like four hundred years later, everybody goes, "Man, what a killer record!" Right. right. That, you know what I mean? So I have this thing where whatever. Well, it's funny because, you know, when those records come, I, I, I talk about this with like my friends that are my age and we're like, you know, we look back and I talk to Mitch. It's like, you know, at the time when this album came out, everybody's like, oh, what the fuck is this? But now, you know, 20 years on or 27 years later, it was like, oh, man, that was such a great album. I'd love to go see that live. So it's like at the time they didn't appreciate it, but now they do. Yeah, it's and it, and, and that has been my M.O. through my whole career. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Fine. Great. So right now I'm releasing Casibella. When my granddaughters, I'm thinking <laughs> once my granddaughters are like 21, yeah. I'm going to leave them a nice little chunk of money in the bank. They'll, they'll love it in 20 It'll years be like now. a cult classic that whatever. <laughs> but well, um, yeah. I, would, I wouldn't mind going out doing some shows and then maybe um, in the process, maybe me, Brent, Jamie, and Bruce, we, we write one or two songs yeah and just do what i'm doing now put them out for digital download why not that would be cool to me where are you by the way on the doing the whole show thing because you you did sit at home for a year are you itching to get i mean you've done a couple of acoustic things but are you itching to get back there are you like you know what it's been kind of nice being at home and you know sleeping in my bed no no it's been kind of nice being at home in my bed and and i and and at the same time i was you know, I was kind of productive. I did learn how to use Pro Tools to a degree. Again, I, as I said earlier, I'm still. Did you buy Pro Tools? Or are you on the subscription plan? No, I. Um, <laughs> well, I guess. I mean, it's like a. It's still like a three or four year thing or whatever. I, yeah. I, don't, I didn't. But I, I'm, I'm actually doing this from my studio. I don't know if you guys can see. Oh, you know, look at that. 
it's funny. I, I, um, I taught, I learned how to use pro tools caveman, but I learned and I'm still learning. I wrote a book and you know, I've got, I've got new music. I still got to at some point sit down today and get in the studio, but, um, yeah. you know, I, I just, uh, I, I do love playing live. Um, I love doing my acoustic shows cause they're easy. Right. Mm -hmm. I can just show up, tell some jokes, play yeah. some shit and yeah. storytellers. Boom. I do want to get back out with my band. Um, but unfortunately, even the acoustic shows is, you know, having a cafe style acoustic thing. I, I this week, technically today, I was supposed to be in Mexico doing shows right. and um, all those shows postponed. Yeah. And then I had some shows in the beginning of the first week of September that also postponed due to COVID. So I'm like, well, fuck, I'm not going to. And I hate postponing and moving shit around. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of went, you know what? I'm just going to release music and fuck it. I'm just going to wait until, you know, it's a total go, total green, and then get out there and start playing full band and go do my thing again. There's no point, you know what I mean? Because then I'm. I'm asking people to, hey, wait, no, got to postpone. Then I'm putting the shows out there. Then I'm taking them down. Hey, wait I'm again. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Hold on to the money. It's a whole. By, by the way, Jeremy, the one thing that you missed in the last ten years was uh, John and Russ Dwarf did a few Canadian acoustic shows together. It was just, it was hilarious. It was just the greatest thing. I mean, those two together are trouble, and it was great trouble, and I love it. So yeah, and, but that's how it should be. Like yes. I, you know, when I first started doing these things, um, the acoustic things, I was looking at all the records I did and I was trying to do like two songs from every record. Mm -hmm. And then I, I would get all done and I would go sit at the merch booth or the bar and sign, you know, I'm just kind of hang out with everybody. And it winds up, everybody goes, Oh, Hey, uh, that third song, uh, father, mother, son, like what? possessed you to write that or you know what's it about or yeah so they, they were really curious about it and then i sat there and i was going i'm like doing 27 songs in my show maybe i need to cut it back to like 15 and just tell stories how this song came about mm -hmm. why i play this cover song why i do that and then and then and then it gradually became like you know somebody i would start talking about a song and somebody yell up the title hooligans holiday and i'm like fuck you do you you know <laughs> whatever you know what i mean That's i just perfect i just literally fuck with people and they fuck with me and i tell stories i tell really horrible jokes yeah. it seems and, like a friendly ball busting kind of rock and roll show as it should be oh, and dude, there's those shows are great. completely unscripted like i don't have a set list Someone will yell out. Uh, it was funny. Like uh, a few months ago, I said something about I was talking. I was telling the story. I'm a Beatles fan. And this fan goes, play yesterday. <laughs> so I go, um, OK, hold on. And I literally sat there and taught myself the song on stage for like five minutes. Nice. And I went, OK, here you go. And I played it. Perfect. So it's really kind of no rhyme or reason. It's loose. It, 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 yeah. Probably very much like my personality, yeah. chaos. And it's like, here you go. It well, is what it is. 
Yeah, well, that's yeah. it. And you got to love it. Cosi Bella. Cosi Bella is so beautiful. It's available now wherever you stream and make sure you go buy the single on iTunes and all that stuff. We got a fan question from Java. He wrote in. He wanted me to ask you. Ask him about his relationship with Mick and why the collaboration with Mars and the Mars solo album fell through. What's going on with that? Don't know. Don't know? Um, what happened? With you, Mick, Mick called me um, when he moved to Nashville. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he was like, hey, crap, you know, and I'm like, who is this? He goes, it's Mars, you bastard. You know, so <laughs> we sat, we talked because I hadn't spoken with Mick for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And he was under the assumption that I had done certain things back when we were doing Generation Swine. And I was under the assumption that, you know, he had done certain things. So we kind of went, you know, we. We sat down, we just chewed the fact, got that out of the way. And he said, I want to do a solo record and I want to write it with you. I said, wow, okay. Um, Love to help you out. Mm -hmm. Now, we talked and then I went down and I met him and I heard some of the ideas and stuff that he had. And then it was funny, but this was right before he was getting ready to leave to do the end, the Mm -hmm. the the solo final tour the final tour yeah and right as he was leaving i got the phone call from marco to join the daisies right Mm. and then at that point our schedules just went ape shit he went that way i went this way and then we had a little window maybe a week 10 days um i believe it was in january of 2016 it was the year we did the make we recorded make some noise record right and 16 uh, yeah and mick said hey i wrote some i stuff i guess he recorded it with uh tommy hendrickson from mm-hmm. alice cooper's band they were on yeah. tour together he recorded a couple of ideas with tommy and chuck garrett yeah. and he asked me if i would sing them and I said, yeah, sure. When? He goes, today. I'm like, all right, cool. So I got in my car. I went to the studio in Nashville. Um, one of the songs, really, I wasn't crazy about the lyrics. It didn't really have very many lyrics. So I just wrote down really quick lyrics. And I went in and I sang two songs. One was called Gimme Blood. The other one was called Shake the Cage. Mm. And, um, and then that was that. Uh, I went back on tour, Mick went on tour, and um, I heard he's finished his record, but I don't know if he's going to use those songs. I I don't know. He just asked me to sing the two, and we were kind of of at the point where we were like, um, yeah, my schedule's pretty crazy, your schedule's pretty crazy, for us to really do a record of of your ideas this is going to be like yeah eight ten hour days every day of the week like do it properly yes and i just didn't have the time at the time i mean we did make some noise i I did like three more records after that with the daisies and then Mm -hmm. i kind of tapped out on the night in 2019 but um uh you know i i i'm i'm as excited as everybody else to hear mix new things so i but i just I have no idea. Everybody asks me, hey, what whatever happened to those two songs? I'm like, 
you're asking the wrong bastard. Right. Mick Mars, you need to talk to. <laughs> so it really came down to a scheduling thing. It wasn't like you guys had a falling out or something. No, there was not a lot all. of speculation online, like, oh, they couldn't get it together. Or... Well, the, the, the one rumor that I heard, and I can't verify, was that he made a record and then decided to remake the record and start, you know, threw the house well, out and restarted the whole thing. And it was just like, but that, you know what? Here's the thing. I love Mick to death. Right. And Mick is truly one of the most underrated guitar players mm -hmm. but he's also the most like one of the most insecure people i've ever met like mick wants to like and yeah you know and, and that's the thing like i keep saying like if he sits on this record too long like anybody i'll pro i would probably do the same thing but if he sits on the record too long if it doesn't come out Mick will eventually tear it apart mentally mm. and want to re-record it again. Yeah. So, and I've heard he's already done that. That's that's the news I got, is that I, he made that it, be, he was done. So, yeah, I mean, who knows? Yeah, and especially with this year sitting around, maybe it's exactly, maybe he did it for a third time. <laughs> Re-record every know. part. That's yeah. what happens when you're sitting around doing nothing. But there you yeah. go. Hey, you one last question for you, John, before you wrap. Uh, I was watching this really awesome live performance of Hooligans Holiday at 37 Main with Kevin Hunter on guitar. Yes. And Kevin used to play in Shania Twain's band before, like, they solidified her touring band back in the late 90s. Did yes. Kevin ever talk to you and, like, tell stories about working with Mutt Lang in rehearsals and stuff? Or I don't know what the deal was. I, You know, it, I love Kevin to death. And I I kind of we – ha we had a lot of fun on the road and – um you know, and there was times where, and he, and he can dish it out as well, but I rode him like a bike, like just fucked with him the whole time. And he was telling me this story. Like he told me, I go, so you were with Shania Twain. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, I have had like the, for the longest time I met Shania in 92 or 93, right after I joined Motley. We went to the American Music Awards to, and we were giving Billy Ray Cyrus, of all people, his achy, breaky heart, his award for achy, breaky heart. <laughs> and Shania came out and she had this like one piece leather, skin tight, patent leather outfit on. And she yeah. came out and I was like, like, and Tommy goes, don't even think about it. That's Mutt Lang's wife. John, <laughs> I, I can, don't even think about it i can still have the inner fantasies okay so just shut yeah. up so right. i was asking kevin i'm like oh hey dude you know that uh so you work with shania twain yeah i go was she cool you know he goes i don't i don't know i never really talked with her much okay you know but then we eventually found out there was another guy on that same tour that we did he goes dude i love kevin man but he's got no fucking like, <laughs> and if you know Kevin, you know that he's he's like really into soccer. He's really into taking care of himself. Mm. He's really into like fresh food, fruits and vegetables, and and and. Well, that's so, exactly I, how Shania and Mutt were. So they would have been right up his alley. <laughs> kind of. So he tells me this story that Kevin, Kevin was in catering one day, and uh, he goes and he's you know he's going up and down the buffet or whatever. And he's looking, he's taking a little of this and he's taking a little of that. And Shania apparently came into catering with a little, a little group of people. 
And uh, so Kevin's sitting there and he's at the table and, and he finishes his food and, and he walks over to Shania. He goes, excuse me, Shania. Uh, and she goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, uh, can you do anything about the catering? God, it sucks. <laughs> nice. Nice. Ouch. So, yeah, you can collect your last paycheck, you know, on the, you know, so we, I, I used to bust his balls about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, and then even wow. even when he was with us, we were at a truck stop and uh, we were all going in. It was like Topher. I think I had Troy Patrick Farrell on that tour and, uh, you know, kept we would get to a truck stop. And, you know, truck stop food. I mean, it's like yeah. burgers and fries. What do you want? Jams, you know, a cupcake and a plastic wrapper that's going to be good until like 2067. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, so we're going in, we're getting food. Kevin jumps out of the car. He's bouncing his soccer ball up and down in the parking lot. Um, and we go in. And we come out, we've got Slim Jims, the foam hat, the pinwheel, like the Jim Carrey from Dumb and Dumber. You know, <laughs> we're doing all this shit. We got the cheese dogs, you know, <laughs> all this shit. And Kevin goes, hey, did you happen to notice if they sell any, like, fresh tomatoes or peaches in there? And I'm like, dude, it's fucking truck stop. <laughs> Go get a Slim Jim. Go get some pork rinds. Call it a day. Oh you know what God. I mean? So there was, there was a little <laughs> bit, of, but we—he's—he's the sweetest guy on the planet. He still—he still calls every year for my birthday, for Christmas, for my wife's birthday, for yeah. anniversary. I love the guy to death, and what an incredible guitar player! Do you know what I mean? But yeah. I, I'm like, hmm. Yeah, I'm just gonna know him as the guy that told Shania she needs to get better vegetables. <laughs> He's on his own little satellite dish. Let's just put it that way. But oh, in that's a good amazing. Way. That's amazing. Well, Costi Bell is so beautiful. Latest single from John Karabi, available now on all streaming services. Make sure you go purchase it on iTunes, available now, or you go buy a single on Amazon, stream it on uh, YouTube, wherever you get your music. Go and check it out. John, this is an uh, absolute pleasure to meet you and chat with you today. This is great. Thank you, guys. Mitch, again, once yeah. again. Thank, Thank you. you. Always a pleasure. Yes. We'll I do know. it for the next yeah. single. Pardon me now? We'll yeah, do it again for the next single in two months. Yeah, well, two months you know, or next month. But next time, I, I, only Motley Crue questions for the entire yeah. half hour. And sure. hey, you know, for you, buddy, whatever you want to do. It's all good. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Always a pleasure. Perfect. Awesome, Bonsoir. Guys. Cheers. Bonsoir. Thank you. Yep. See you later. See you.